This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 160. I find that I get more out of a house when people talk to me. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. Your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, buddy? Not much. I'm in a new office. You like it? Look at this. It, it looks uh, very feminine. <laughs> it is very feminine. This is my wife's office today. Uh, you, know why, you know why I'm recording in here? I, I bet you you've got a really good reason for that. I do have a good and reason And you're going to tell me all about it, right? I'm going to tell you all about it right now. Awesome. I am recording here because we are in process of recording the audio book for the book on managing rental properties. If people nice. are familiar with, we released last month the book on um, the, the book on <laughs> rental property investing, and that one included an audio book. And we'd never had time to record the audio book for the book on managing. So we are in the process of doing that right now. So I'm in my wife's office, so she can be the one recording at least most of that book. Fantastic. Yeah, awesome. there you go. Yeah, we're going to look forward to hearing her. Yes, that's why I have the pretty flowers and butterflies behind me. Yeah, yeah. You know, nice. whatever. Nice. How's uh, life otherwise? Life is good. Life is good. I actually just booked a uh, week-long vacation in Hawaii, so that's always oh, good. Uh, coming up here tough. in a month and a half or something like that. So Nice. Enjoy it. That, that'll be your will. last I'll, week in that'll Hawaii be my for la- a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be my last week in Hawaii for a long time. Uh, yes. If people don't know, I am expecting my first baby, so uh, should see things are going to change. Belly, guys. <laughs> The surgeries they can do today are amazing. It's, a, it's amazing what they can do. <laughs> My wife has expected a, a, a child. So anyway, yeah. So uh, that, that's what I got going on. What do you got going on? When's your next vacation? Uh, you know, I've actually got one planned, shockingly. You know, no. For anyone listening, I've actually taken a grand total of, I believe, two days off in eight years, <laughs> give or take. That's not good. Maybe nine. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're doing a cruise in, in a few months. Nice. It, I, I will say it's not... A true vacation, though. Uh, the uh, the trip is a trip with my family, uh-huh. uh, my parents, my my brother, and their families, and so I, you know, not quite, not quite the quote unquote vacation I want. Although uh, I will be turning forty years old in in a a few weeks. That's and, right. Uh, I think I'll be taking a day or two off, and this is the year of my ten year wedding anniversary. So uh, a big we year. Are, we are looking to do some kind of really cool trip this year. So if anyone has an awesome place they want to let us stay at somewhere really cool. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, let's, let's get back to this, man. All right. All right. Let's get back on track. Today's show, if I could transition to our show, Please. is incredible. I think you guys are going to love it. Whether you're a flipper or we're talking about flipping today, but whether you're a flipper or a, uh, you know, any other kind of landlord, investor, wholesaler, whatever, man, today's tips are Awesome. And it's just a really fun show. It was. Yeah. It was. She's, a, she's a riot. So yeah, she you guys will love she it. Is. Yeah. So, but before well, we talk about that. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's, you know, I really quickly, I want to read this review. I, is it a good one? You know, Cause you read a bad one earlier and it was like, I did read why a would, bad one. Why like, they were really yeah. mean. <laughs> why would I take advice from losers like that? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Well, so he, here, <laughs> this was from a, a swag for sale 22 Ooh. on January 19th. 
Uh, I typically do not re- reviews, but Bigger Pockets has changed my life in a few short months. I've tried numerous podcasts in real estate, and none have come close to comparing. The expertise is second to none. I love how Brandon and Josh is so down to earth and real. There's zero hype, and it is a tight knit community, gen- genuinely dedicated to helping one another. I'm so blessed to have found the site, and extremely excited and optimistic about not only my own real estate future, but the future of the BP site and community as well. Wow. Thanks so much, Brandon, Josh, and everyone else. We love you guys. And of course, you mentioned you'd first. Of course. Great review, <laughs> except for that. Oh, it was an awesome review. That's awesome. Thank you guys for everyone who left a review for us. Uh, we just want to say thank you. You guys yes. really makes our day when we read those. And uh, it does. I don't know, make, builds up my self-esteem a little bit while Josh tears it down. Yes. So jump on <laughs> iTunes, uh, leave us some reviews if you haven't already. And yeah. speaking of reviews, uh, let's get to today's quick tip. tip. All right, today's quick tip is a totally self-serving one, but I need to ask a favor <laughs> of every person who has ever purchased a book from Bigger Pockets, whether that's the book on flipping houses, knowing low money down, rental property, managing, whatever. If you've purchased a book from Bigger Pockets, could you do me a huge favor and leave us an Amazon review uh, for the book or two book or three book that you've purchased? If you uh or five. Help, or five, if you purchase every book from us, leave us an Amazon review. We could really, really use more reviews in Amazon. That's a quick tip. Awesome. And let me know. Let me know if you do. Comment in the show notes and just say you did. We want to go check it out. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. Let's let's get into this thing. Today's guest is Stephanie Marshalls. She is a riot. She she's over in Chico, California. And uh, some of you guys who talk about the California market and how crazy it is and unaffordable, I definitely want you to listen up because you'll learn a thing or two about. uh, She bought a house. She bought a house for thirty thousand dollars. She did. In California. She did. Amazing. It is amazing. Now, you know, was There's it a property made in that? I don't know. You got to listen. I'm going but, camping. Uh, We're going to find out. We'll go camping there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, yeah for sure. You'll, you'll hear why. But uh, yeah, so so she's great. Uh, she's done a ton of deals in a very short time and all that uh, while still working. So uh, it's a great story. She's, she's awesome, really funny. And uh, let's get to it. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com BP. Connectinvest.com BP. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. 
Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24 7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, like me, to get six months of rent ready for $1, which is crazy. Stephanie Marshall, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you. You're welcome. It's good to be here. <laughs> How do you, you can't, you're welcome. She thanked me. I just, you're welcome. I took your, you're welcome. Is that okay? That's, that's not cool. Can man. I steal your welcome? Okay. Too late. Well, I'm going to steal your first question too. All right. Jump How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm great. Good. I'm happy to be here. It's Good. a beautiful day today, actually. It Where is are neat. you? It's not a beautiful I mean, day here. <laughs> it's, I'm in California. It's been oh. raining like hallelujah though, that it's been raining because we haven't had any rain, but now the sun's out today. Yeah, yeah, but you're not from California, are you? You sound like a I Southern am. girl. No, I'm a cowgirl. Wow. Oh, oh, you're like country California. Yeah, well, I'm Northern California. It's totally different. Yeah, what part of Cali are you? Chico. Oh, okay. The Chico Rooks. I don't know Chico. No. What's... You don't know the Chico Rooks? <laughs> no, what's that? It's a soccer think... team. Oh. From oh. Chico State. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I ride all horses. Right. <laughs> I don't play oh. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, Stephanie, welcome, welcome, welcome. We, we want to, you know... Stop this small talk and, and bust into this. So, Brandon, <laughs> go ahead. What's your first? Yeah, yeah, what's your first question for right. Steph? My first question. Well, I already asked her how you doing. That's a question. So, my second question <laughs> is, uh, how did you? Uh, first of all, what do you do? People don't know what you do. What do you do for real estate? Um, I buy houses, fix them up, and sell them. So you uh, are a like flipper, as they call them. I would say you could. I could use I that word. Is that <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay, good. How did you get into that? Uh, at the time, it was my husband and I, and we had been talking about it and wanted to do it. And we had met a realtor who had sold us our house, and and she found a deal. And so we put an offer in on it, <laughs> and we got the house. And we kind of fell into all of that, but it actually ended up being just as planned. And we met the contractor that I still work with today. And so it was kind of like, we stepped out on a limb and, and did it and it turned out and we made money. And so we did it again. That's so, cool. So how long ago was that? That was in 2011. 2011. How many deals have you done since then? 
Probably 50 or 60. Whoa. Okay. So that's uh, that's a serious business. Um, I work, yeah. Yeah. Keeps me busy. It's not my only job either, but. Oh, do you have a, really? do you have a, like a day job as well? Yeah, I'm an accountant. Really? Yeah. Wow. I did not okay. know that. No. 50 or 60 yeah. deals while working a full-time job. That sounds like a good uh, title mm. of a show right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay. So uh, maybe I can ask, like, why why house flipping? Why did you guys originally, why, why did you say, it would be fun to flip a house? Were you watching the flipping shows or had you always wanted to do it? Or what, what presented you that option? I'd been around it, um, you know, with uh, some of my family members and the things that they have experienced and they had done it. And it was just, yeah, I probably watched a lot of HGTV and, (laughs) and was like, well, why not? I could try it. Um, and I think just knowing what I know now, I probably would have, you know, ran the other direction because a lot of stuff comes along. But when you go into it in such a naive place and you just think that everything's going to be okay and when it turns out okay and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, um, I really just learned what I learned through experience. I didn't read any of your all's books or none of that. <laughs> I'm offended. I'm offended. I Wait, do so you're now. Sa- oh, okay. So you're <laughs> saying the key to get started is to pretend like there's rainbows and unicorns. Right? I totally there. live in this bubble. Don't pop my bubble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my bubble has been popped and I have lost a lot of money. So not that I haven't learned anything, but I definitely probably didn't know as much as I should know going into it. And I think what saved us is we had a contractor who had been flipping houses and he knew what he was doing. Oh, that definitely helps a lot. Yeah. How did you guys come across that guy? Cause you said you've kept this contractor for 50 or 60 deals. That's kind of unheard of. Uh, I, right? I don't yeah. think I know too many people who could say the same thing. Uh, what was it about this guy? Was this like you were naive? Were you just lucky as hell that you found the guy? And, and I what totally, is it about? Okay. No, you go ahead. You finish your life. Right, I, I was going to say, oh. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I like her. Uh, the, the final part of the question is this. <laughs> no, it, I just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. The final part of the question is this. Um, what is it about that guy that is so awesome that has allowed you to keep him over, over uh, these, these deals? So let's, let's hear all three answers. Blah, I forgot everything you just said. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> he comes from this place of he is very budget conscious. And to me, that's what I'm good at. Like I get the numbers, I get the details of what everything needs to cost. I think that that was my strength going in, being an accountant and knowing the details of everything. I knew how to make a spreadsheet really good. And that was important part of it. But he understood how much stuff costs and he would make decisions based on those costs that he knew, hey, if she's not making money, I'm not making money. Um, and so for me, for him to overcharge me and to do things like that wasn't in his best interest. And so for us, it just became this place where we totally trust each other, um, in everything that we do. And, you know, now we're to this place where he goes and looks at houses and, you know, and he tells me, and then I write up the, the kind of the budget scenario on it and all of those kinds of things. So for me, we both were on the same page in terms of morals and values and what was important to us. And we've been through some hard times and it hasn't been easy, but through it all, we stuck together and completely trust each other. And I think that's hard to find. I did try to go find other contractors and it didn't work out because 
it's just we weren't on the same path. We were on the same page and didn't have the same things that were important to both of us. So sure. And do you do you guys partner together on stuff ever, or do you, are you? Is it purely you hire him for a fee to do the job? Um, we've done maybe like three together where he's found them. Um, but that was quite a few years ago, but right now we just, um, I hire him and we, I pay him what he bills me and that's kind of how we do it now. But we, not that we haven't done that in the past and not that I'm opposed to that in the future. It's just, that's what kind of works for us right now. Sure. Right on, right on. So in there, you, you talked about these hard times. Um, were those hard times for you specifically in the business? Were there, you, you said we, so I don't know if the hard times were you and he were having issue or were they, you know, the business was kind of having, or the side business or whatever you want to call it, right? The, your real estate business was having tough times. Um, you know, I got to this place where um, my husband at the time really wanted to push forward and grow the business and, um, and so we tried to bring on another contractor and that kind of offended my contractor. And it was like all this tug of war of what we do. And it kind of all blew up in our face and we made some bad decisions and, you know, weren't mindful of what we were buying. And, you know, you think that if you do good on every deal that you're going to do good on every deal and it's not how it happens. And so I really, in the past, six, eight months have kind of stepped back and made some different paths and different priorities and made it something that is doable and attainable and balanced and what works for me, which, right. you know, not everything always has to be bigger and better. Sometimes that's not always true. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about some of the deals that did go wrong? I mean, what, what actually beyond, beyond, you know, kind of the, uh, Oh, that's a, that's a, so sorry, you're on the bigger pockets podcast. So sorry, you suck and you like. <laughs> no, come on, we gotta. I mean, you gotta. You you open the door, yeah. so we gotta hear it. So tell tell well, us like. Let's walk on through. Mis- come on, boys, let's walk through it. <laughs> make make me re- make me relive it. <laughs> well, you know, we're gonna make you relive it, so the thousands and tens of thousands of people who are listening don't have to. Hundreds of thousands, Hundreds. million, millions, billions. Um, <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, I had kind of created this, this market that where I bought properties where I had the biggest pool of buyers. That was always my direction. And we went into and purchased a property where we paid 450,000 for the property, which is not even where I like to be on the resale. And that's just not the market I'm in. It doesn't work for me. And so we purchased this property and did our like our normal flip stuff to it not what i think it there wasn't enough room to make it what it needed to be to be a $600,000 house so there was definitely some budget lacking to make it what it needed to be on the other end and you know we ended up losing over $100,000 on that house oh wow so it's like an analysis issue at the end of the day basically I felt like the ball was rolling too fast and it got too big to stop where, you know, somebody was bringing me a deal. And if you're not really looking at it, looking at the comps, looking at the numbers and being real sure that you can make money on it, 
I mean, I think that you can make money in those areas, but you got to be real sure about what you want it to look like on the other end and what the comps look like and be realistic. And when you get into those high price ranges, you can have really large price reductions happen to make it sell. And that's what ended up happening. And, you know, that's a big wake up call when you realize, okay, well, I'm not invincible. <laughs> yeah. And and five percent at five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand right. is it's a lot a, bigger than five hundred thousand at a hundred grand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a the numbers grow and, and then holding costs and all of that increase and so I just that one hurt for yeah. sure. Hundred yeah, hundred grand. That's my dad. <clears throat> when I started this, my dad told me. um, you know, Stephanie, your first loss will be your smallest loss. And I was like, what? You can talk about dad, whatever. And I remember the first time, I don't know how many deals we did, but I, I did all like the second I get my HUD statement, you know, I like put it in QuickBooks and it's like my little like yay me time because <laughs> my brain is like crazy. But <laughs> I go through the whole balance sheet and I, and make sure and see where I'm going to end up. And I, it was like negative $430 or something and 28 cents. And I just had about a, you know, freak out moment. And I was like, I lost $400. Oh my God, this is <laughs> awful. And then, you know, then to however many years later to lose what we lost on that other one, it was like, well, <laughs> he was right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, so. I, the worst I ever did, I, I lost 10 grand on a flip. And I've told that story a number of times, like on the bigger pockets webinars that we do once a week. I tell a story. You trying to make her feel bad? I mean, no, 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 no. So I'm hey, just, I, I don't do the last 10 grand on my worst well, deal. <laughs> Wow, nice, Brandon. Yeah, I, that's and my goal. I, I want to install her argument. Yeah, I'm sure she's made a lot more than me on my flips. But so, well, my point was like, my the reason that I lost money was sounds like the exact same reason you did. I mean, like, I I try. I mean, maybe not. You can correct me, but I mean, I found a house that it was more expensive than I typically had ever done. I mean, my typical flips are, you know, usually I sell them for around a hundred thousand. Now we're in a very different market than you are, but I usually sell them around a hundred. And this one I was listed at one seventy, So it was almost twice as of a property. At the end of the day, it didn't sell for one seventy. I just got reduced in my price and held it for a solid year to sell the thing. And at the end of the day, we ended up losing, I think, yeah, I got 10 grand on it, but we sold it for one twenty at the end of the day. I want to ask you guys both, a question on that on that line of, uh, of of talking there, price. Yeah, you got that. Uh, the price reductions. Mm-hmm. It's something that you know in in a not so hot market. You know, in a flat market, in a turning market. You know, you tend to see that obviously a lot more. So if you're kind of fa- falsely predicting where your numbers are going to be, or or if the market turns, I mean, lots of factors could come into play. Uh, you're going to get in trouble. So now. The, the thinking is you don't want to chase the price down because if you chase it, you, you know, Hey, I'm only going to drop it this, this bit and you do that, but it's not enough. And you, so where's the line? Um, I, I don't think we've actually asked this question on the show. So I, I'm just curious what both of you guys think. Where's the line in doing a price reduction between, Hey, I'm going to try and get as little as I can drop it by as little as I can to, to ensure, you know, I can eke out, you know, the maximum profit versus, I'm going to drop it to a price where I know this thing is low enough to sell, guarantee me maybe minimum profits, but at least I'm not going to chase it down and keep following it for month and month and month. Want me to go? You go. You take okay. it. I have, you know, different philosophies on that and have learned a lot of different um, scenarios with that particular question. Um, currently, I 
I check out my comps like nobody's business. You know, I go around and I drive and I want to see what the competition is. I want to price my homes right. And I want to know every single number before I go and price that home so that when I do price it, my price per square foot is at or below a worse comp. Does that make sense? So that when they go and they look at mine, they go, hmm, that's a much better deal. And I'm still making money at that number, but my house isn't sitting. So that's where I'm at right now. And that's what I've learned to be very diligent in where my price per square foot is and exactly what my comps look like and very current comps. You know, comps change from the time I purchase to the time that I sell. So I do a complete analysis when I purchase and then I redo it before I put it on the market to see, hey, maybe I need to drop it another five grand to sell it right away. Yeah. How do you account for that, by the way? I mean, let's let's say in that time, maybe it's one month, two months, three months, you know, Let's say you've dropped 8%, 7%, 10%, and you only had 10, 20% of padding in there for profit. So how does a newbie figure out, hey, you know what? I need to put some padding in. How do I protect myself in case the market does turn while I'm in the midst of the, uh, the flip? For me, I think at the beginning that they're just, there is just always some like guaranteed a hundred percent of the time something will go wrong. Like what you're saying, there's just never been a property or a deal that I've done where something hasn't gone wrong. And so in my numbers, there is just what I call extras, (laughs) miscellaneous. I don't know what's going to go wrong, but this money is going to be used up for something and I can't account for it, whether it be because the, the price has gone down or because I had extra expenses. But based on how much the property needs in terms of work and whatever that looks like, I increase or decrease that number just to make sure that I'm covering my behind at the back end and make sure that that's taken care of. But I want to answer the rest of your question on the price reductions. I think, you know, also, you know, I've read a lot of stuff. I've had other strategies where like, if I don't get a, if I don't get an offer in the first week that, you know, we reduce the price to, to get it back on the hot sheets. I've done that. That's worked sometimes. And I've also just, stuck at my price because sometimes in some of the markets that I am in that days on market are just to be expected to be longer. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm priced poorly, that I just have to be patient. Yeah. So yeah. I like patient. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm to, good at that. To add on to something you said there a minute ago that I, I, I liked, you know, you said, you want to be slightly below, you know, at or below the average, you know, a worse comp, right? I really like that a lot because what a lot of people do and the mistake that I made on that deal that I lost all that money on is I said, you know what? This house is going to be beautiful. You know, I'm going to have new hardwood floors and granite countertops. It's going to be huge and it's tons of square footage. So I kept tricking myself into saying, you know what? People will pay more for this. People will pay more because they're going to like, the, oh, they're going to love this. They're going to love. And I kept bumping it higher and higher and higher because I kept thinking they'd pay more and more and more. No, they won't. Like it didn't, it didn't matter. Mine was the best house in the, I mean, it was the best house in town by far, but that's the problem. It was by far the best house in town. And so, right. like, so it, then there's just no, there's no, comps. There's no right. Yep. There's no comps to be yeah. able to justify that yep. price. And I don't ever want to be the nicest yep. house on the street or in town. Yep. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, it, it was an emotional thing. I just kept putting more into it. Cause I thought, you know, this is just, you know, I already put the hardwood floors and it's gotta have travertine tile in the kitchen. And I got the travertine in the kitchen. It's like, it's gotta have the new cabinets and the new counters and the, you know, your emotion takes over and you just get excited and you want to do what the shows do, what HGTV shows a, you know, complete hundred thousand dollar flip. But that house would have sold if I would have put half the amount into it. Would have sold for the same amount. But and instead, right. you lost ten thousand dollars. Yeah, right. at least it wasn't a hundred thousand. <laughs> just oh. kidding. I'm sorry. I told Ouch. you it already hurts. I'm like wounded. I'm like oh, just I'm so stuck mean. a knife into my gaping uh, wound. I know. I know. I, I know. I'm, hey, I'm Stephanie, sorry. what markets are you in? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, like, like, where, where do you, do you invest? Flip? Yeah. What do you? What do you like single family homes? Like is that what you're saying? No, no, like location. You, oh, you say like actual cities? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I'm not sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, Chico. I, I've done houses in Chico, Red Bluff, Orville, Gridley, Paradise. I've looked Those at stuff. the names of actual cities? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Northern California has cool city names i don't know yeah. all right so those are i'm assuming all around <laughs> you yeah those are <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like Butte county tahama county okay so it's all around you you don't do long distance flipping or anything crazy like that i have but oh. not right now okay okay so i mean what are the price ranges just so we have an idea of what that looks like what, what do you typically buy a property for <laughs> what's your you know eventual <laughs> what do you yeah what do you typically buy it for what do you want to sell it for what do you usually put into a deal like what's a typical flip look like for you hmm well, like in Chico, which is primarily my area, um, resale ranges from, you know, like the average to anywhere from like 225 to 300. Um, when you get over 300, it's a little bit, um, you know, people need to be making a little bit more money. So, I'm constantly looking at houses that I purchased around 100, 120, 150. If if I get out to more rural areas, you know, like I just bought a house for 30 grand. Um, in California? Yeah. I did not know that. I was going to say, I never thought that'd be possible in California, no matter even like the worst area. An RV and a car on it, and nobody wanted it but me. You could go, you can go (laughs) camping though. RV and car for free. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I did, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't move. So I got to figure that one out. You don't need an RV to move to be able to camp in it. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's pretty much in an unfortunate place right now. You're like staring at a fence. So that's not. No like, camping. Well, kids, hop on in. <laughs> We're staying here. That sounds, that sounds good. That sounds like a good vacation. All right, I'm, okay. I'm, that's where I'm coming next vacation. So I'll be right. Put that. On, put it on I'll Airbnb. Sure, you're great. I'll put like an air freshener in it for you because I'm really good. not sure what kind of stench is in there. Awesome. Anyways, okay. in terms of costs, um, you know, I've run as little as like forty to fifty total, which would like include escrow and commissions and all of that to you know, maybe 60 to 70 is, um, you know, more of my total cost. I'm not talking just repairs. I'm talking everything. Sure. And then, so what's your, what's your minimum profit you try to shoot for? Do you say I won't do a deal under this amount? Um, I, you know, I, you, I've kind of changed that. I really, um, in the past six months or so, I've, I've gotten rid of my realtor, and am selling the houses myself. I don't have my license, but um, I'm representing everything myself. And Interesting. Yeah. Saving. Um, that was a 
a personal decision based on my reputation. I really wanted to get to know my buyers. Um, I wanted them to meet me and to see me and to know what we do and how we do it and that we do it well. That was important to me. Yeah. Um, and then... So when I went into this and just the accounting background that I had, I didn't go into it like knowing all the percentages and all of that. For me, it was like always just a flat number. You know, I want to make 15,000. I want to make 20,000. I want to make 30,000, whatever that number is. So I usually don't like to make less than 15 on a property. Have I? Yes. Um, Have I made more than that? Yeah. But um, that's generally where I draw my minimum at. Okay. Right on. Okay. Right on. So, l- l- let's talk about this. I mean, you, you, you're you're going against the grain here. I mean, you are for for sale by ownering uh, these properties. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not something I've heard a lot of uh, investors do. Um, you said you're doing it because I mean that's you know well, you, you I, just want to get to I know the buyers. I want to save some money as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So now the question is, you know, most agents will argue, well, you're actually losing money by not using an agent and, you know, you're going to make more money if you get it on the MLS and you're going to get higher price. So, I so on, so on forth. the MLS. Yeah. So, so how does how that do work? Do that? I use the, um, just like a flat fee. Okay. And how does that work for those people who have never heard of flat fee listings? What does that mean? How does it work? Um, you basically purchase a listing. Um, you can go online to, you know, a, MLS listing the website and it's like 300 bucks and I fill out all of the information and all the details and I wouldn't recommend this for people who don't know what they're doing. I've been doing this a long time and I've seen contracts after contract after contract. I know exactly what needs to be represented. I have an attorney who reviews all of my documents and all of my paperwork and I've been sued and all of that so I know how to protect and cover my behind but um, it's it's Partially because I wanted a handle on what was going on on the other side of transactions. I, you know, I find that I get more out of a house when people talk to me and they meet me and they know that I ain't BSing them, that I've yeah. done a good job. I'll show them every invoice that I've done on the property so that they know the repairs that that's been done. And they go, okay, I'll give you full price. And I'm like, well, okay, let's put the deal together. You know, for <laughs> me, um, I've just, and I want to have a good reputation. I want to be represented well. I, I'm not planning on going anywhere and I want to be able to do this for a long time. And I don't necessarily want people to see my face, but I want them to, you know, <laughs> I want them to know me and know our business and know that we aren't just, you know, covering up whatever and putting it on the market. You know, I, I do a good job and I do quality work and, you know, every, I get inspections and I just make sure that, everything's represented well. So it's important to me to know my buyers and to, and to also get agents to get to know me, you know, cause then they'll bring me deals. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So on, on the attorney, you know, you, you, you spend the 300 bucks on the flat fee. You, you generally feel like you know and understand these contracts and then you go and you have an attorney review. What, what does that cost the attorney review? Well, let me back up with the, with the MLS listing, then basically he the the guy puts it on MLS for me, but I've filled out all the information. So he basically yeah. says, like, I'm not representing anything that you do. He just basically does paperwork for me. But how I fill out my disclosures 
is what I make sure that's been reviewed by my attorney. And that's just was like a one time deal. And, you know, however much an attorney costs 300 bucks an hour or something. But to me, that was important because I've gotten in trouble in the past before with filling out disclosures incorrectly. So got it. Okay. okay. And, well, and I know, Brandon, you've got a. Yeah, I'm just wondering why not? Why did why did you choose not to just become an agent? Like why sell I, that way? I'm planning on getting there. I've passed two of my classes and stuff already, but okay. You know, I just I haven't got mine either. And stuff right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And you're the accountant, so you're yeah, you're a little busy right now. No, I it's my it is my plan. Um, but also I think with that comes a lot of like other responsibilities, like being under a broker and all of that, that I don't really know if I want to answer to. Yeah. That's a good so point. I haven't got all that figured out. And for right now, what I'm doing is working for me, but, um, I don't know. I just, I haven't exactly figured out if I want to be under a broker. I probably may just go get my broker's license and then just deal with myself. Cause I don't really like people telling me what to do. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Interesting. Funny. Funny. Yep. funny. Yeah. Um, hey, so, you know, you're, you're an accountant and yeah. it sounds like you love what you do in this real estate business. So why not? I mean, it sounds like you've, you're, you know, you've built up quite a, a, a real estate business. Why not just stop doing the, uh, the accounting thing? Or do you also love the accounting thing? Well, it is, um, my father and I are partners, so it's, it's my own business. It's not oh, like okay. I work, it's not like I work for the man and he tells me what to do, except for my father. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, for me, that's a responsibility, um, that I signed up for long ago. And I, I gave my dad my word that I would, you know, be a partner in this business. And we've really created it to where it is tax season based. So, you know, I go through and I work my butt off, um, you know, January through April and the rest of the year. Um, it's not really, I don't really have to attend to it that much. So I can, I do have time to be able to do the real estate stuff. And I get a lot of help during tax season. My competitors know that I'm an accountant though. And they, they stick it to me during, you know, at the auctions. They're like, stuff's working. So they know I'm not going <laughs> to show up. I've had them say that to me. I'm like, ugh. So they know I'm not around, but that's I got funny. my little people out there. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So you mentioned auctions. Uh, I think that's probably a good transition to talk about how are you finding deals? Is that how you're getting them or do you buy MLS or, you know, what are you doing for deals today? Um, I would say my ratio, 80%, I purchase at auction. Um, really? when I, when I look through, you know, when I go and I do my final review over the, over the year, it's generally how I get my deals, but, um, I'm, constantly looking at what's on MLS and I have agents that send me stuff. And I mean, I'm flooded all day long with people sending me houses. So I don't have a shortage of, but I think that's come with like the reputation that like, you know, you show her a house, she'll, and it, in the deal work, she'll buy it. Yep. So that's, that's come with the, with, with time of being spent of, you know, actually sure. purchasing homes and not yeah. backing out all the time. What kind of auctions are you going to? Just the local county auctions. We auction.com comes around here and, and does an auction like every two weeks. And so they go to the courthouse and then I go, you know, every, every day they have something that is going to be at the courthouse steps that I go and purchase. So wait, wait. So auction.com actually works with the county. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. I did not know they did that. 
Well, Fascinating. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they necessarily work with the county or if they were, are working with the banks and then they're representing the banks. And okay. but then they actually do the auction at the courthouse steps. They used to do it in like a different location, like at a casino. But now they do it at the courthouse <laughs> steps. It's just at a different time. Okay. Interesting. I liked the casino a lot. <laughs> that, that would be more fun. All right. So when you go to an auction, is yeah. this a type also where you have to have all cash by the end of the day? You can't get inside the, I mean, can you get inside the property to look at it ahead of time? How does that all work? No, I'm not no. allowed to go in the property. Okay. <laughs> and you didn't just wink to me. So no. Yeah, no, no, there was no wink there. All right. So, I mean, so that's the danger of auction properties a lot of times is you don't always know what you're getting, especially if it's lived in ahead of time and somebody lives there, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, that you don't always know what you're getting. It, how have you mitigated that risk? I mean, that scares me about buying a property. If I buy, I mean, I don't flip a lot of properties. So if the one or two that I flip happen to be, a, you know, 50% of them happen to be, you know, occupied, occupied or, or have like, you know, I don't know, concrete poured down really every cool surface. RVs sitting or in really there. cool RVs. <laughs> Um, How do you mitigate that? You know, I've just been doing it long enough that when I go and I look at a property, you know, most of the time, if it's occupied, I have done everything I can in terms of researching that property and what it is and what the value is and have put it in my numbers, worst case scenario in terms of fix up, you know, like, is the septic going to go bad? Is the HVAC bad? Is the roof bad? You know, like all of those are in my numbers. And if they end up being okay, then, then better for me. But I always, you know, when it's occupied and there is that, you know, risk there, I just put it into my numbers to make sure. And then, you know, obviously being able to get, uh, those people out is part of the cost as well. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you that. Do you have to then evict them if they're, if they're still living there, or you have to evict them if they don't leave or how do you get rid of them? I've had to do both. I've, I do either cash for keys. Um, I've only had to evict maybe two or three people. Um, and for those who don't know what cash for keys is, can you explain that? Cause I love cash for keys. <laughs> I mean, not I receiving it, but I like, <laughs> there you go. I love it. And, and it, a lot of people get really angry with that. I want, I'm trying to explain it to an older guy one time, like who was like a, you know, he's a landlord for 50 years. Yeah. He thought I was ridiculous for giving bad tenants money to leave. He's like, no, you take them to court. And I'm like, yeah, but they damage your property. It's like, doesn't matter. It's just the principle. I'm like, yeah. they're, 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 this is not principle. It's money. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I'm an accountant. So I 1099 you. So you're going to pay tax on that money. <laughs> There you go. I love that. <laughs> there you go. I hey, do. I get there. So that's really funny. That's nice. awesome. Hey, do these, uh, when you buy them at the auction, they're not like an REO where the, all the liens are wiped out, right? I mean, you may have to clean up some stuff, right? Yep. I get, I have a, a lady that I have a title connection. So I email them and I ask them to get me info on it. And if anything, you know, she, we kind of have it laid out where, she gives me the important information, make sure the first is going to sale. If there's a second or a third on the property, I know that if there's any liens against the names or federal or state liens, I know that I've had, I've purchased houses with federal, federal um, income tax liens on them. Um, So I know the ins and outs of what title looks like. And yeah, there is a lot of risk I've had. um, We have like chip housing here. I don't know if you guys know what that is, where it's like a, 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 like a basically like a local housing assistance program. I've had those liens on title before and had to clean those up. I've had child support liens. I've had all kinds of stuff. So are you doing the research on this stuff before you go to the auction? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. So, yeah, I don't, so you're, I don't, you're, you're seeing the list of the properties. You're doing research on the handful that you think you might be interested in. And then you go to the auction. How much time in advance do you actually get these lists? Um, I print out <clears throat> our program is that every Thursday we print out for the next week. And then um, if there's stuff that's going Monday, I look at it over the weekend. Um, if there's stuff, you know, and all, constantly stuff is getting postponed or canceled. So I have to look and, and review it every day, every morning. And then um, I usually have everything done like the day before. If I know for sure that I'm going to, that it's going to go to auction and that I'm going to get to be able to bid on it. I, I research title. I get my resale numbers done. I've looked at the comps, you know, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. And then like nine times out of 10, I don't get it, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work and, but, but then I will, you know, it's just, and it always goes like this. And what I have found out that if, if I, if I have too many properties and my guys are busy or whatever, if I stop looking because I'm busy is when I'll miss a deal. So yeah. like, I've just learned to just never stop looking. Does yeah. that make sense? Like I just don't. Cause even if my guys are busy, if there's a good deal, I don't want to let it go. So I just am always, it's just a part of my daily routine. And, and I think that's key right there. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago or a while back about uh, with Hal Elrod from uh, who wrote the Miracle Morning. And he's all about like this idea of processes and like, just follow your process. If you just stick to that process, the results will take care of themselves. So right. that's kind of what you're saying is just, you know, you have that daily routine, just do it. If you stop that, I mean, like a lot of people get into real estate investing and I'm totally guilty of this in like a, uh, reactive mode, right? Like, or, you know, it's, it's almost like I don't, a lot of times I don't have a process. It's just like, okay, I'm going to buy a house now and then I'll do the work and I'll go out and do it and I'll get all ready and I'll buy a property. Then I'm done. And then I rehab it for a while. And like, it's not a process. I'm just acting reactively to whatever is coming at me at the time. Right. Like, right. I don't know. So I love the idea of just having that process, that thing that you work forward. Now I, I want to go back onto the leans a little bit and dig in a little bit more if we could, because we've mm -hmm. never really dug in deep on this topic. Uh, and because buying at auctions are, it seem, seemingly a more and more important way to find properties. I mean, can you kind of give us a, I don't even want to say like a really dumbed down cookie on the lower shelf kind of like definition of what is a lean? I mean, why is that important? Why do we want is to make sure to have a cookie on the bottom shelf? Well, you know, like the, I take the cookies and put them on the bottom shelf. You ever heard that phrase? So I, can I say have that all the time. You can have them. It's yeah. Easy it's easy to eat. Exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. You got that. Cause I, I don't need them on the bottom shelf cause I'm six foot five. Apparently you have to dumb it down for me. Yeah. I need to dumb down and put them on the lower shelf for Josh. So how does Maybe a lean a work? <laughs> how does shelf of the short bus? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how does, how does a lean work? Uh, and why is that? Why do you have to be careful of that when you're investing in real estate? Well, um, for me, it depends on what position it is and what type of lien. Um, if, uh, like today, I'm bidding on a property tomorrow and it has um, a lien agreement with the city and it was like for $4,000, but it was in third position. And the first is going to sale. So I'm not really sure if I'm putting this on the low shelf with the cookies. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But the first is going to sale. And if the first is going to sale, if there's a second or a third, which are like their lesser uh, importance in terms of liens. And I guess if I'm going to make it, I'm like really bad at making things not complicated no, because right. in my mind, I like complicated things. <laughs> um, so if the first is going to sale, then it's going to wipe out the second and the third and you are no longer responsible for that. So if a lien is attached to a second or third deed of trust, 
then they're no longer, you're no longer going to be responsible to pay them. Um, if it's a federal tax lien or a state tax lien, those are big deals. And you do have a responsibility to pay them for a federal tax lien. I think it's, you have the response, they have the right to come and re repossess your property, I think for 120 days. Maybe it's 90, okay. 90 or 120 days. So federal tax liens, if you don't know the ins and outs of that uh, or state tax liens, I would suggest if you have a title search that comes up with them that you go far away from it. I've only done it once and it was, um, you know, I didn't sleep at night because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it was scared me. Um, we'll leave it to the guys who actually are experts or become an expert. And right. No, I mean, I... It wasn't as scary as you thought. Basically, federal, the IRS will come after a property um, if it has enough equity. So they'll purchase the property for you. If you've already done rehab to it, they won't give you any of your rehab money back. They'll only purchase it for what you purchased it for. And then they'll take your money. Um, but generally, they come if there is a lot of equity in the, in the property. And I have worked with IRS agents to get them off title. And I sent them Starbucks cards. Nice. That's awesome. Is that a big bribe of a government official? <laughs> no, it was like, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, okay. I just make sure that if you're going into it and you haven't done it before, you need to make sure that you have somebody who understands what a first deed of trust is and what types of second and thirds may be attached to the property and what types of liens because some like... um contractors liens you'll be responsible for um there's just liens that don't get wiped out when it goes into foreclosure so it's important to know different types are maybe a responsibility even if um you purchase it at a foreclosure yeah at the, and it, at, at the end of the day i was just going to say i mean if, if you don't understand liens you shouldn't be going to auctions and bidding on properties. I mean, well, you, you should know, be going to them, but maybe not bidding. You should go to learn. Right? Yeah, go to learn. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, buying an REO. On the other hand, yeah, it's a different story. Title has to. Everything's been wiped out, right? Yeah. So yeah. You know, that might be the place to start versus uh, at the auction. Yeah, cool. And I and I've seen people buy some stuff that they shouldn't have. So. Yeah. Well, that's the, the big, biggest way that I think novice investors, you know, real, well, there's lots of ways to screw up, but, you know, they, they see something, oh, it's at auction and nobody's, bid, I'm going to bid on this. Nobody's bidding on that. I don't know. But they get in, they think it's a steal. The numbers work out, but there's like all these back liens. And, you know, that property that costs you 20, 30, 50, 100 grand is going to actually cost you 300, 500 grand at the end of the day, whatever it is. Right. Uh, you got to watch yourself. I just had one that, um, I guess in, in Butte, was it? Yeah, it was in Butte County where the guy had been growing marijuana and they had put a lien against the property or like a, a judge, some kind of judgment. It was a judgment against the property. And I hadn't seen it before, but it was, there was no number attached to it. But the fine for what he was responsible for was like 10 to $15,000. And it was, there was nowhere to find it on title. But I had to go down to the county and figure out what the number was. Um, and then I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to buy it. But um, I mean, stuff like, yeah, it was. I hadn't seen that before. That just happened like a month ago. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like what, what's kind of interesting about real estate, right? And I think you'd probably agree with this. It changes all the time. You're always constantly learning. You're trying to figure out new things. And I mean, that's kind of our job as a real estate investor to solve those problems and, and figure it out. So it's one of the reasons I love real estate. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, to get six months of rent ready for $1. Um, let me 
shift a little bit over to buying the properties. If you have to come with all cash, do you just have millions of dollars in the bank? You, you know, or do yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you, how are you financing deals? Yeah. Today? yeah. <laughs> you got this. How do you finance deals? Uh, I have private, um, financing. Okay. What does that mean for people who don't know? Um, you don't I have, have to somebody, give us their name. I but. have somebody who has millions of dollars in the bank <laughs> oh, and they there you go. to me and they charge me interest. <laughs> okay. That, that is like the best definition of private investing yeah, I've heard. That's great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why would they, why would they lend you money on, on a deal? Like why not they just go buy their own deal? Cause that would be a lot of work for them. Okay. So they want to be on the people with lots of money are lazy is what you're saying. <laughs> Right, exactly. What I do takes a lot of time. <laughs> no, I, we have built a relationship and trust me. And I think he makes, you know, my investor makes a lot of money off of me. So it's a good deal for him. They're in different stages of life. I think where, you know, they've worked hard to earn their money. And now it would be nice to kind of more have passive income. So um, I've proven to be something um not risky for him when there's when I have a deal out if something goes wrong or something doesn't happen I have enough money to be able to cover whatever I need to cover so there's just never been a shortfall and there's just been a relationship built on trust and there's just never been a time that they haven't gotten paid so that's key um, right there yeah yep even if I lost money they got paid so there you go there you go awesome all right let's let's shift this thing a little bit you are are you are somebody of the female persuasion. And as such, yes, yes. There you go. All right. No, I, I, it, it's, I think this is something that, that comes up a lot, uh, amongst the team here. And, you know, we always, you know, we've got, got, you know, we, we put out content and say, Hey, is there something here that, uh, we need to shift in, in order to kind of think about the female perspective necessarily, uh, let, let's just kind of go to the beginning because me and female. Josh are dudes. You are so. like treading so lightly with. I know he is. I like, tread lightly on everything. <laughs> ah, I got this. Come on. Here's a question for all the girls. Okay. okay. Uh, as a female investor, I mean, do you ever feel discriminated against? Have you ever had situations where uh, people have you know treated you differently? Do you have any special challenges that you've dealt with? All all the female investors I know have said yes. So you know, I, I want to just ask you. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I'm a pretty strong, independent woman and can I handle most situations um, well? I think I haven't, you know, the, the people, hmm. when I went into it, it was, it was my husband and I. And so maybe that, um, and now he's no longer a part of the business, but when I went into it, he was there. So maybe I didn't feel that as much as maybe other people do. And now I'm in it and they know me and they respect me in terms of my competition, you know, where we give each other deals and things like that. So I don't, um, I, I kind of feel part of the bunch now. Um, I don't feel like an outsider. Um, they're, you know, if somebody was judging me or making me feel less of it, I wasn't aware of it. Maybe that's just me being naive to it, but I like to pretend like everybody likes me. Go back to the (laughs) rainbows and unicorns thing, huh? (laughs) My bubble's pretty good. You should try it. Um, (laughs) Well, there's a thread in the... (laughs) I like the bubble. I like the bubble. It's it, right? (laughs) I'll pop your bubble. Thanks. I appreciate that. There, there is a uh, thread in the Bigger Pockets forums going on right now, and people can go and look at it. We'll link to it in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 160. Uh, but it is called 
you know you're a female investor when. And then there's a lot of different people have just been chiming in, like a lot of female investors saying, I mean, just like comical yet sad things. And I'm glad you haven't experienced a lot of that. And I hope that we're getting better. And it might, I mean, this, maybe this sounds terrible, but it might just be the fact that you're in California and they're a little more progressive than, you know, maybe I'm not going to name other places, but maybe that's why, but like, I mean, they're saying things, they're saying things like, you know, uh, kind of like you go to a car mechanic and a lot, like my wife won't call car mechanics oh. because they'll charge her twice what they'll charge me. And so we, like, we just know that. Okay. The, I have, okay. I just had something pop into my yeah. head. Are you oh, ready? into the I'm bubble. Ready. Hold on. Bubble just popped. Right? No, it didn't. I just remembered that maybe there was a time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just like to forget about it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm also doing, um, a new construction deal. This is my first deal where we're, oh, cool. we bought a, a thing, a plot of land and this is a whole new new territory for me but there was my contractor was gone he he goes on like a a week long hunting trip every year and he was gone and the guy called me and he's like hey Steph there's gonna be a you know a, a change order that needs to be done and I'm like okay and hung up the phone and Michael gets back and he's like, what did you do? Like, why didn't you have him send you like a, he just took advantage of you because you're a girl and you know, you just, you just sounded like you're all fluffy and fine with it. And it's like (laughs) $8,000. And why didn't, you know, like he was mad because he felt like he took advantage of me. But like in reality, I probably should have handled the situation differently and been a little more firm with, you know, cause sometimes I just may come across nice and passive and those kinds of things, but you're not, you're not, um, I'm, <laughs> I don't come across that way. So that's good. <laughs> so just that experience made me realize, okay, well, just because I am a female in this situation doesn't mean that I don't mean like business and that we, you don't just get to skip around what needs to actually take place in terms of protocol, which he should have given me an actual change order and I should have approved the number and I should have signed it. And you know, those kinds of things. So that kind of situation was maybe where I felt a little bit of that, but I'm going to go back to my, (laughs) <laughs> good, good. Well, I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I mean, and that may or may not have been also just the fact that you're a female. It could have just been like, he just, it happened. Yeah, I mean, like guys, I mean, people do that to me all the time. And I, I, maybe I well, come across you're weak, a girl and I come across as a girl. Maybe that, maybe that's <laughs> maybe why. I'm really passive and weak. Yeah. I am very <laughs> passive and weak. And no, but like, I mean, guys know that. I mean, I don't know, maybe until they realize that I know what I'm doing. Like a lot of times I've con- right. contractors come in and they're like, yeah, it looks like your uh, reverse collapsulator over there is broken. <laughs> I'm like, actually, that's a, you know, ABS fitting on that plumbing, you know, pipe. oh, oh, he knows what he's doing. Like, right. it, like right. and then all of a sudden it becomes a lot more, they know they can't get away with that crap. Exactly. I think that I've definitely had that experience. And in the flip world, I like you can't run anything past me. You just can't. Cause I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. And with this new project, I don't, I'm in just, I'm in different waters. And so it was kind of like, Oh yeah, Stephanie, you got to fake it until you make it. Um, and you know, make sure that they all know that even if you don't know what you're doing, you know what you're doing yep. kind of thing. <laughs> just don't let them talk about reverse collapulators. Yeah. The reverse collapulators are well, tough. I will correct them. <laughs> 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 All right. So before we get to the fire round, I got a couple more questions just about how you run your business. Cause that's pretty amazing to be doing that many flips and have done that many 
without a team. So you must have a team, right? I mean, you work in a full-time job. What does your team look like? Do you have a lot of employees or just a couple outsource people? What's that like? Um, so within my accounting business, I have two ladies that work for um, me in addition to my dad. And one of the gals, um, she totally helps me run the house stuff um, in terms of paying. All, I used to do everything myself. Um, in terms of paying all the bills. Now I just make sure that I keep the budget straight and all of that. And she pays all the bills and she does a lot of coordinating for me. She turns on PG&E, she gets insurance covered. You know, she's just like an extension of who I am. And that's, you know, over time I've given her more and more. So within the hub of the administrative stuff, that's what I have. And then I have a contractor and he has any, you know, anywhere from one to two employees, depending on the kind of time of year. Um, then I have a painting crew. None of these guys are like under the, under the kite group, but we partner. So not in terms of money, but they're just, we have this like loyal relationship and I keep them busy and they make me a priority. That's just kind of always been our relationship. So then I have a painting crew. I have, um, a, the guys that I use for all my granite and flooring. I have a plumber, an electrician, a roofer, um, an HVAC guy, a hardwood floor guy. I just have all these guys I've been using on all of my houses and they know exactly what to do and how I like it and what colors and all of those things. And they're, 10, goes, they're 1099s, not W2s, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. Yep. The only W2 is Terry that works in my office that okay. she does. So. so it's just the two of you really at the end of the day. Correct. Yeah. Internally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Right cool. But then, you know, and then I have like, stager and a cleaner but there i just like call them my team like when i write an email and we have a house it's like hey team we have this house and this is the dates and this is when you're going to clean and stage and photograph and this is you know so it's just i have a whole system and a whole people of group of core people that i trust and i don't have to you know i used to go through the houses and like put blue tape everywhere because they would just screw up everything and yeah. now i don't have to do that because they They'll they get it. it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the keys to successfully building a, a, like a sizable flipping operation is you just, you have that team that knows what they're doing, whether or not they're on staff or whether, you know, 1099, you know, contractors, whatever, like they just know what you're doing. They like working with you because they know what to expect. They know they're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And you can really just have that. I mean, it's really kind of e-myth, you know, Michael Gerber e-myth style, uh, where you just have a, a fluid machine that just kind of runs itself right. in a way. I mean, not that you don't do any work, but it's just, it's a machine that you just have to maintain the machine. And, uh, that's, you know, how you scale. So I love that. Yeah. Cool. It was good. Cool. All right. I am, Josh is giving me the move on sign. All right. Let's move on <laughs> over to the fire round. It's time for the fire round. All right, the fire on these questions come direct out of the bigger pockets forums, which you should be asking questions and answering questions in everyone, not you specifically, Stephanie, but everyone listening to the show should be jumping in there. If you could just five minutes a day, uh, you'll grow, they'll grow, everyone grows. So biggerpockets.com slash forums. All right, questions are number one, when it comes to flipping, should you have the property first or the financing first? I love that question. In my world, you need to have financing first. Okay. I think you need to have it set up. How are you? Because in my world, like I need to have cash to be able to go to auction and do that. But if you're doing wholesaling stuff, that's a different story. But I think for flipping, financing, you need to have that in order. Cool. I like it. In my opinion. That's what we want. Enough. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. 
any suggestions on how to assemble a team of contractors to help flip homes? How would you put together a great team of contractors? Oh, honestly, I think it was just ordained for me. I mean, the people that have given me, <laughs> like Jesus gave me these people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it. I, I, for me, how people do business and how they treat people and what kind of person you are is nine times out of 10 more important to me than what's being done. You know, like who I am needs to be important and how I react and and how I respond is important to me. And I can't have people on my team who don't share the same goals and values. And when they walk onto my house or onto a property, like they're going to get treated with kindness and respect. And I just, I've kind of really tried to instill that in everybody. So for me, it's about finding like-minded people that share the same type of business responsibilities. I love that. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, good answer. Well, right. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, what are the first steps I should take to start my own real estate investment company? Hmm. That's a very big question. That's but. a very broad question. The first step. <laughs> oh, she's mocking me. I think she was <laughs> mocking me. Yeah, that was awesome. Not, not at all. <laughs> all right. So what should I do any, first Anytime you want to do that, feel free. Yeah, you can mock me. It's uh, okay. I got this. I have a little sarcasm in here. Just a little. That's okay. Just a, I love how that was a sarcastic <laughs> statement. Okay. Um, I'm not sarcastic steps, at all. Totally not. Uh, the first steps I would say would be to get to know your market. And um, if you don't know anything about real estate, find somebody who does. Find a mentor or find a real estate agent who is has access to information that you may not. And that may be a good place to start just to get to know your market. I think that's the most important thing. I know where every house is on every street and what is next door to it and what it's located by without ever driving by. That didn't come by by just wishing it did. You know, I spent a lot of time. Yeah. There you, I love that. All right. All Final right. Question. Last question. Should you purchase home insurance for your flipping properties? Yes, you should. Why? <laughs> Why now? Like, what, what, what type of policy do I need to oh, get? Oh, you, you want more information? Yeah. If, if you um, want to be helpful, I mean. On, I wasn't have, a yes, no question. Well, actually, well, it was. It was, actually, and I answered completely. it precisely how you asked it. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Feisty. <laughs> Sorry. Comes out sometimes. Um, <laughs> I This is something that I have desperately not wanted to spend money on, but so you have to. Um, I've had things happen where properties have been damaged and I've, you know, had to rely on the insurance. Um, I've, I've gone over and over with my insurance agent about what kind of coverage I can get. It's kind of limited what is out there to be offered for homes that are vacant and you are flipping. So, in each area and whatever insurance company you um, use, sometimes the what is offered is limited. And for me, I think the most important thing is that vandalism is covered and that if you have trucks and tools and trailers on the property, that those are covered. That, you know, even if your contractor has um, 
insurance, make sure that it covers what's on the property while you're rehabbing it because I've run into stuff being stolen and it not being covered. And then you're paying insurance premiums for something that, you know, what's like the realistic problems of what could happen, what like stuff gets stolen and people vandalize, you know, that's yeah. mainly what happens to vacant homes. Why are people homes. so mean? I know. Do I know. Do we just things? had our trailer, our trailer stolen full of tools like the oh. two days before Christmas. Mm. That right? sucks. That kind of popped my bubble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, to add on to the insurance thing, make sure you let your insurance agent know it. Also, it is a vacant property. Sometimes there's right. different insurances for vacant versus not. It's actually cheaper, at least for me. It's always been cheaper for vacant policy than it is for a live-in policy. So it might be cheaper for you as well. Depends on where you live. All right. Good tips. Good advice. All right. Good moving, answers. Moving on to the world famous. Famous for. All right. Famous for. These questions are asked of every single guest. Pretty much. And uh, let's go number one. What is your favorite real estate book? I know you said you didn't read mine at the beginning, probably because it wasn't, right. it wasn't out at the yours. beginning. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first started, I read the, it's like called Flip. Um, okay, yep. By, who's it by? Rick Bellini and Clay Davis. Um and for me, that was like practical steps about how to set up information, how to calculate your repairs. That was a, an important book for me um, to kind of get to know what I wanted to do and, and do it better. Cool. Right on. Right on. What about business book? Do you, do you read business books? Uh, I don't read at all. Nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, for me... When I was a kid, my dad, my dad's just been, he's just like my hero and he is the smartest man I know. I know I'll make you cry tear. And he, when I was like 12 years old, I was playing the game that rich dad, poor dad, like the monopoly game. And it's called, you know, you either cash get stuck flow. in yeah. Yeah, cash flow. Thank you. You either get stuck in the rat, rat race or you, you know, buy property and, and create cash flow. So like when I was 12, I was playing that game. Nice. So, um, and I was like, this is, you know, ridiculous, dad, what are we doing? <laughs> but he had always just instilled in me just a different way of thinking about money and, and what to do with it. And so when I actually got older and read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I was like, oh, I get what you were trying to say. But with that, for me also, I have to always, you know, come to this place of, what is important to me in terms of balance. I feel like, you know, I can get caught up in all of that. Um, but I also can't forget that I have a family and that I need to balance all of these things. You know, I want to be a smart, wise, discerning businesswoman, but like at the end of the day, like my splendor is not going to descend with me, you know, like it's just not. So for me to, to know that I can't take any of it with me and maybe I shouldn't hold on to it so tightly and not everything in my life is dependent upon, you know, earning an extra dollar that I need to be a good woman and a good businesswoman and, and make smart decisions and be wise and make wise choices. And so I think that that book gave me some of that wisdom, but also have to be balanced in all of that. So, so to, to make a long answer short, uh, right? rich dad, rich dad. Yeah, it was a good book. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Right? Yeah, I was on you the know, same You're talking page. about you know all sorts of stuff, and I I, I, I was trying to find the book. 
I like that book. It's a good book. <laughs> I do too. It is. It is. All right. Fair enough. Hobbies. What do you do for fun? <clears throat> I ride horses. Oh, what kind of horses? Uh, quarter horses. I rope and. Oh, hey, want to know? You're a cowgirl. I'm a cowgirl. That's right. Oh, ah, cool. Want to know a funny story about horses? It's going to explain a lot to you. Yeah, tell me about it. So when I was like seven years old, I was at a camp and uh, a church camp, head. and I fell off the horse. It took off running. It stepped on my head. Shut yep. up. Yep. Totally. St- I had a helmet on, but okay, it crushed the helmet. It crushed the helmet. And Are you I. Okay. Are you like fear? Like I was afraid now? of horses for about 15 years. Finally got back on one. And then we went under, at a different camp and we went when I was a teenager then. And uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years later. Anyway, I went underneath the zip line, like this big jump off a zip line thing. And the, some person jumped off right when the horses went underneath <laughs> it, which is a terrible idea. Horse took off again, reared up, <laughs> went running. I was on the, I didn't fall off, but I was sideways on it. It took me another four years to get back on again. I think I was like maybe 20 then. Anyway, and now I've ridden one like twice since. I'm very afraid of horses now. Oh, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, but it explains a lot about, you know, why I am the way I am. I'm not going to judge you. Don't not judge me. You should. I'm not judging you. Should. you. All right, so, so you got, you're into horses. And By the way, I was at the uh, National Western Stock Show this weekend. You in Colorado? Oh, yeah. It. Oh, man, I it was love, so I've been awesome. there. I used to live in Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been there. Cool. I love it's it. It's a lot it's of fun. Good. So if you're it ever is. in Colorado when it's happening, folks, and you like horses and cows and... And buying stuff. There's lots of stuff to buy. Yeah. Yeah. There you Fancy. go. Okay. So hobbies are horses. What else? Uh, my children. I have two beautiful children. And just being a mama is probably one of the most important things to me. Fabulous. Cool. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. All right. My final question of the day. Number four, the famous four. What do you believe... Sets apart the successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Hmm. For me, I think it's been just not giving up. You know, I've been hit some hard blows and I get back up and I keep going and I learn from it and try not to make the same mistakes, but I just don't give up. I, you know, I think that tenacity has been in my blood since I was a kid. So, um, I work hard at it and I, you know, I, I grind at it and I don't give up. Nice. So like your theme song for life is like that Chumbawamba song, you know, oh, I get, oh, knocked, get down, knocked down, but yeah. I get up no, again. I really wouldn't say that would be my <laughs> I think that's a drinking song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> drinking the night. Oh, that one. <laughs> no, I think it's oh, oh yeah, you're right. It is. So why is it a drinking song? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. stop and think about it. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Stephanie. I would definitely say that. <laughs> Before we let I'll, you go. I'll come up with them. Though. Yeah, thank you. Where, where can people find out more information about you? Where can they connect with you? Um, Bigger Pockets. I'm on Bigger Pockets. Nice. Um, Stephanie Marshall. We also have a website, The Kite Group. Um, it's up and running and that was a big deal for me i just got all of that done i've been trying to get that done so is the kite group the kite group dot com yeah it's the kite and then that's abbreviated grp.com those are the k-i-t-e-g-r-p.com yep all right just want to make and sure we'll i link that, to right. that in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 160 stephanie thank you so much yeah. by the way stephanie will be there to answer any of your questions uh, on the show notes. So if you want to talk to her about the show, feel free to. Uh, Stephanie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on board. And I hope to see you floating by my office in your office. 
<laughs> right, life is good. <laughs> There's nice. lots to be thankful for. There you go. All right, Love thank it. you so much, you guys. Have a Got beautiful it. day. Hey, thank you. You too. All right, take care. All right, bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was Stephanie Marshall. She's awesome, isn't she? She is awesome, and she's not sarcastic at all. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's awesome. I, I, I learned a lot because like, you know, I've said this before. I really, my goal for 2016 is to take my, you know, flipping business or at least acquisition of properties up. Like I want to 10 X that this year. And so I, I don't know if you guys notice this. I pick people's brains a lot lately on what they're doing to find deals and stand out from the competition and, and how they're scaling their business. Cause that's one of my major goals for this year. So man. It's a yeah. podcast just for me. Yeah, really interesting. <laughs> Great. Nobody cares. They Nobody care. Cares. Uh, guys, listen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to interact with Stephanie, ask your questions again, go to the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 160. Otherwise, big thanks for everybody for listening. Like we talked about in the beginning, please, uh, we could certainly use some more ratings and reviews on iTunes. So please jump in and uh, take a minute or two to do that if you are getting any value at all out of these podcasts. Otherwise, jump on the forums, jump into the Bigger Pockets community. We have hundreds of thousands of members, thousands of new posts every day. This community is hopping. This community is like a rabbit. Um, it's you know, it's amazing. Like the more I talk to people, the more I realize how really special Bigger Pockets is. I mean, it's really rare to find a community where there's so many self-serving, not self-serving, selfless, <laughs> whoops, selfless. <laughs> selfless people. I mean, you know, like people just jump in and help people because they want to help people, you know, be- yeah. because they were there once, they've experienced it. They want to see, you know, new people kind of thrive and, and do well. And, and so um, it's... It's it's just a wonderful place, and if you haven't spent any time on the community or reading our blog, uh, you really should take some time to do that. Check it out. Uh, the podcast is obviously awesome, uh, but but those uh, areas of the site are incredible too. So check it out. Um, that's it. Oh, otherwise, really cool shout out by the way, which I didn't get to mention the, in the beginning. We had a really cool mention today on uh, NBC. Well, it was the Channel Nine News in Denver, NBC affiliate. And, uh, you know, got a nice 30, 45 seconds talking all about how awesome Bigger Pockets is. So that was, that was pretty cool. You could check it out on our press page at biggerpockets.com slash press. That's all I got. Is Anything that short for you? Is that short for like bench press? Is that yeah, what, that's is exactly you, what you go that there is. and there's pictures of Josh well, really without a shirt on a horse and bang your head a few times. <laughs> I just want to see like this page where it's just you like with your shirt up, just benching like eight pounds. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's nothing pleasant about that picture. It might be there. If people go to biggerpockets.com slash press, I'm not guaranteeing anything, <laughs> but it might be, it might not also. So check it yeah, out. Maybe you'll, yeah. maybe you'll see it and maybe you don't. <laughs> All right, guys, get out of here. Check us out next week. We've got more great shows to come. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Dorkin. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. 
Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.